Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm really excited to see what, I know I say that every time I get up here, but I am, I'm so excited to see how the Spirit of God wants to continue to move this evening, and he, it, we are these earthen vessels that are filled with the treasure of God. We have God's very Spirit living in us. If we've confessed, we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God's very Spirit dwells in us. Amen, the power of God resides inside of each, each and every one of us that has received God, that has been born, as we learn, born from above, amen? So the last three weeks, what we've been doing is talking about prayer. Um, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit as our helper. We saw in the Gospel of John in 14, 15, 16, and 17 that the Spirit of God wants to be our helper in prayer. He doesn't want to sit by and watch us struggle and, and, and have a hard time when it comes to prayer. He wants to make our prayer lives vibrant. He doesn't want us to have a humdrum, dry, dull prayer life. He wants our prayer life to be exciting and he wants our prayer life to be vibrant, but he waits to be involved. He waits for us to ask him. And that's why a lot of us have been struggling when it comes to prayer and others have been soaring because we found out what the Word of God says about asking the helper to help us when it comes to prayer. Because when it comes to prayer, the realm of the Spirit is his responsibility. He needs to show each one of us what we need to see in order for us to pray out the plans of God here on this earth. Amen? So we learned that the Spirit of God wants to be our helper in prayer, primarily in week one. In week two, this is a very quick, quick overview. In week two, we were talking about the fact that the Spirit of God also raised Jesus, who also raised Jesus Christ from the dead and raised him from earth to heaven and seated him at God's right hand, did the same thing for us when we said yes to Jesus. We were positioned. We are joint heirs. We are seated in the heavenly places far above all power and principality and rule of darkness we, because we are in Christ Jesus seated at God's right hand. So the Holy Spirit is our helper in prayer. He has positioned us. His power has raised us so that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And last week we saw why we were there, to rule and to reign as kings and priests to our God, to be ambassadors from heaven to earth, because we are born on this earth naturally, but spiritually, we are born of God in heaven. So you could truthfully say that we have dual citizenship, amen? So what we've been discussing, discussing the last three weeks is exactly what God has done for us when it comes to prayer. He wants us to hit the mark, he wants us to hit the bullseye every single time, and he's given each one of us everything we need to succeed. Tonight we're gonna to be looking at what I believe, and I don't think I'm the only person that believes this, but that what I believe is the single most important gift that the Holy Spirit has given us. And we're going to first look at uh, the book of 1 Corinthians. We're gonna to go to chapter 12 and we're gonna read verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, 
I do not want you to be ignorant. That's pretty straight to the point, right? I don't want you to lack knowledge. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want it, we could say the reverse is true. I want you to be informed, right? The gifts of the Spirit, or the way, I like to put it this way, the way that the Holy Spirit wants to manifest here on this earth today is outlined in the 12th chapter, and you can read more about that. But the Apostle Paul is telling us that we can know how the Holy Spirit operates. God doesn't want us operating in the dark. He wants us to know how the Holy Spirit manifests and wants to work in our lives. The gifts or the, the maneuverings, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit were never meant to be mysterious or elusive, and the Word of God clearly shows us how he can operate in each one of us. The gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and the one that we're gonna be looking at in particular tonight, is a, it's supposed to be a normal part of our lives. Did you hear me? It's supposed to be, and we'll look at what it is in just a moment, it's supposed to be just a normal part of our everyday lives. And God wants us to grow, to study in the word, to find out how the Holy Spirit wants to operate in our lives so that we can believe him for their operation. You can read more about the other ways that the Holy Spirit manifests in the 12th chapter, but when we read down to verse seven, also in chapter 12, we're told, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the Holy Spirit will manifest in our midst, not just for one, or to, not that God wouldn't do that for just one person, but not but just for one, it's for the profit of all, for the profit of the entire body of Christ. So when the Holy Spirit manifests, he manifests to bless every single person. Now, whether or not we receive is another story. We have to keep ourselves constantly in a state of excitement and expectancy, and sit on, I like saying, sit on the edge of your seat, like what's he gonna do next? And God loves that when we get excited about how he wants to move in our midst. Let's read about what Jesus said before he was taken up to heaven by the power of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. We're gonna to go to Acts chapter one. We're gonna read verses four and five. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, these are his disciples, he, com he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which Jesus, he is Jesus, Jesus said, you have heard from me. We know in the Gospel of John, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit repeatedly, verses or chapters 14 through 17. So Jesus is telling them again, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus was telling his disciples not to depart from where they were. I like to say, don't leave home without it. He was telling them, don't even attempt to do the work of God, to do the work of the ministry without being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? This was very important. They were born again, they were born of God, but now Jesus needed to empower them for supernatural ministry, church. Let's look at Acts 1.8. Jesus is also saying this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, that's where they were, 
in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Whenever I read the scripture, I picture being a kid at a lake I grew up near and, and picking up a clamshell and skimming it, right? It hits the water and then it goes like that and then it kaplunks and then you just see the rings go out. Well, I see it as Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Every time I read that scripture. But when Jesus said this, the disciples had no idea what to expect. They heard what he was saying, but they didn't know what the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit was gonna look like. Let's look at Acts chapter two. I know we're going through a lot of scriptures, but I, the word of God I, is speaking for itself, and the Spirit of God is gonna confirm this word in your hearts regarding this incredible gift of the Spirit of God. The dis, Acts chapter two, we'll start in verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, that's the same, as the Holy, same person as the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were not speaking in their natural language. They were speaking another or other language. And it's what we're gonna call tonight the language of heaven. Talk about a supernatural manifestation. Oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit infused them with such power that they went running around Jerusalem, speaking languages that the, those that were there and gathered in Jerusalem at the time could understand. And the power of God was in manifestation. It was so powerful that the church went from 120 believers to over 3,000 in one day. That's amazing. That is a demonstration of power. And the manifestation, I want to make this statement, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are the only true growth plan that God ever ordained. The gifts or manifestations of God's Spirit are the only true church growth plan that God ever ordained. So would you say that they're important? Yeah. Amen. We're not looking to just be us anymore here in Brick. We are spreading out and influencing our area, our town, our cities, our state for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need the supernatural power of God to do that. Amen. I wanna read to you a word that was given by a woman, some of you may know, Lynn Hammond, um, in, in 2015 at Autumn Assembly of Prayer. And Lynn, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this, tongues is the language of heaven. It is downloaded in your spirit at the reception of the Holy Ghost. When the language is released, that language will change the world and will change you when used because it is accompanied by the fire of God. The language carries the very essence and nature of God to every situation, to any and every situation. The language of the Spirit is very personalized and individualized, marking each person with heaven's label and tag, saying, this is mine. There is much more to comprehend and understand about this gift, much, much more revelation to be had. 
as the Apostle Paul wrote, I would not have you to be ignorant. The more you understand about speaking in other tongues, the more you will give way to it and yield to it, growing exponentially. Speaking in tongues is a sign to arrest, attract, and to indicate the presence of God is here. It is the gateway and door to the supernatural. The Holy Ghost will bring the full expression of heaven through the believer. That is amazing. The full expression of heaven through the believer. Church, we've been talking about prayer and we've been learning about different things that God has made available to us so that we can have powerful, effective prayer lives, so that we can pray not only for our lives, but so that we can pray corporately for the work of God here at New Beginnings, specifically our multi-site strategy and for our new campus that's opening in Bayville and other new campuses that will be opening up around the area. We are equipped. God has given us a power. God has given us tools and we're going to see t- excuse me. We're going to see tonight one thing that I believe is the most powerful gift that the Holy Spirit has given us. But before we do, I want to go back to that portion um those paragraphs that I just read of Lynn Hammonds and point out to you that our heavenly language, number one, is a language that will change the world and will change you. Number two, the language carries the very essence and nature of God to any and every situation and that this language is individualized and personalized. Your tongues is gonna be different than mine, but it's the same spirit who has given each one of us the ability to speak in a language that we don't understand and we've never learned. It's a supernatural gift. Our heavenly language is very important for numerous reasons. We don't have the time to get into them. There are many books that you could read to learn more about the subject. But tonight we're gonna look at four, four that I think are important as they pertain to prayer. Number one, our heavenly language reminds us that God's presence is in us. When I first, really quickly, when I first was baptized in the Holy Spirit and was speaking in tongues, I remember thinking, this is amazing. What am I saying? I don't know, I don't even know what I'm saying. But as I prayed, as I released that heavenly language, I could so strongly sense, and I know many of you will agree with me who've received this gift, that the presence of God is so strong, you know that he is in you. John 14, verses 16 and 17, we read this the first week. Jesus was speaking and he said that he was gonna ask the Father, that's another way for saying he was gonna pray to God the Father, and he, meaning God the Father, will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. He is the spirit who reveals truth about God. The world cannot receive him because it cannot see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and is in you. Now, that's for us now, but God has always desired to be really close to mankind. He's always wanted to be with them, and he created a garden, we read in the book of Genesis. He created a wonderful place for his, the man and the woman that he created to live, and he walked with them, we're told in the Bible, in the cool of the day. In the wilderness, when God brought the children of Israel up out of Egypt, he wanted to be near them. So he filled the tabernacle with a shining cloud 
of his glorious presence. You can read more about that in Exodus chapter 40. But as a born-again child of God, you and I are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. God is in us. Excuse me. And the tangible, you might say to me, well, Pastor Beth, how do I know that God is in me? I'm going to tell you tonight that the tangible proof of his presence in you is that you speak in another language. That is the the first evidence and the tangible proof that God Almighty indwells you. For centuries, the visible sign of his presence was virtually lost to the church. But in the 1900s, God began to restore it, and he drew a bunch of hungry believers to a place in Topeka, Kansas, to a Bible school, to study the book of Acts, the second chapter, and to seek, specifically seek, God was drawing their hearts, and I believe he's drawing your your hearts tonight too, to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And on January 1st, 1901, the leader of the group, a man by the name of Brother Charles Parnum, laid hands on a woman by the name of Agnes Osman. The Holy Ghost came on her in such power that she not only spoke in tongues, but she spoke in fluent Chinese. And they actually brought someone who was, um, knew the language in to listen to her, and the individual said that she articulated the language and the verb tenses at perfectly. Talk about a supernatural sign of God's presence. It's amazing. So number one, we were looking at our heavenly language reminds us of the Holy Spirit's presence in us. Number two is speaking in tongues enables us to have direct spirit-to-spirit communication with God, giving us access to the profound and bottomless things of God. That's amazing. Talk about unfettered access to the things of the Spirit. We've got it. The Holy Spirit is in us, and he wants to reveal these things to each one of us. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That means secrets that are divinely revealed. The Holy Ghost wants to reveal truth to us. We saw that the first week. The Holy Spirit will reveal these mysteries. They're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. And the Holy Spirit wants to take us into the the realm of the Spirit to reveal to each one of us how we're to pray for our lives, how we're to pray for our families, how we're to pray for our church. The Holy Spirit wants to do that. So we're not speaking to each other when we speak in tongues. We're speaking directly from our heart or our spirit to our Heavenly Father. It's direct spirit-to-spirit communication. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 13 tells us that God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. When we speak in our, when we use our heavenly language, when we speak in other tongues, we're speaking directly to God. Amen? Now we can understand what we're saying when we pray, and the Apostle Paul tells us to do that, 
to pray for an interpretation. So when we pray in tongues, we pray in our private devotional lives, we pray in a corporate setting, we can ask the Lord to give us an interpretation of what we're praying out because it'll cause our, us to have an understanding with our minds because when it's a spiritual operation that does not involve our brains. When, when I'm speaking right now, if I had electrodes on my head, you'd be able to see certain brain activity in certain lobes of my brain. But when we speak in tongues, when we speak the language of the spirit, our heavenly prayer language, we're speaking from our spirits. And there's absolutely nothing that goes on in our head. And I remember when I was first a Christian, learning a, a man named Ron Fullerton, my, my brother's father-in-law, would tell me, honey, he was from Texas. He'd say, honey, you are just as powerful as any saint that's been born for 30 or 40 years. And I'd think, how is that possible? I don't know a thing about the Bible. He said, you have the spirit of the living God inside of you. You received a language that you can speak and pray exactly what needs to be done in any situation. I was like, really? <laughs> it was so cool to me. I said, really? And that, that's exciting because if you're new to the faith and you think, I know very little of the Bible, how can I have an effective prayer life? Receive this prayer language, this language from heaven, and you will have the ability to be speaking out the plans of God as they are in heaven to be manifest here on this earth. Amen? That's great, great news. Speaking in tongues opens doors of revelation to us, giving us access to the profound and bottomless things of God. Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by our teacher, with a capital T, the Holy Spirit. Number three, praying in tongues is the way we pray out God's plans for our lives. It's, it's the way we pray out God's plans, period. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse two, in the Amplified Bible reads, for one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because the Holy Spirit utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. I said this before and I'll say it again. Truthfully, we cannot pray effectively on our own. We can't. We can only observe things from an earthly standpoint, naturally speaking. We don't know the conditions that underlie certain situations that we're praying about. We don't know the future. Our natural understanding is limited, sometimes extremely limited. But when we pray in our heavenly language, we break through those limitations. We become vehicles through which the Holy Spirit can do his praying. We pray the language of heaven, which is perfectly and divinely designed to release God's power here on the earth. Right now, more than ever, we need to cultivate and we need to exercise our heavenly language. When we speak in other tongues, when we speak in our heavenly language, we are uttering secrets. Those are things that are unknown to us and hidden things, things that we have no understanding of. In other words, and I want you to get this, praying in tongues reveals what's concealed. If you're taking notes, write that down. When we pray in other tongues, when we pray in our heavenly language, we are revealing things that have been concealed. It's coming up out of our spirits by the Holy Ghost 
and being spoken and released here on this earth. And I think a great example of this, and I use it all the time, so, and a lot of you have heard it, so bear with me for those of you, for those of you know, us here tonight who haven't, but I see it as um, a sheet. It's folded up neatly and it's put in a linen closet or stored in a container under the bed. And you don't know what's inside of that sheet until you unfold it. There could be a rip, there could be a stain, and you don't know it from the outside. But as you unfold that sheet, you start to reveal what's inside that sheet. Amen? It's concealed, and as it's unfolded, it's revealed. Number four, praying in our heavenly language is the way we are able to pray at all times. When I was first saved and I read that scripture, I thought, pray at all times or pray without ceasing? Are you kidding me? Can someone really do that? I can't do that. I'm gonna be disobeying God. How in the world can I, could I ever do that? But when I studied it out and upon a closer examination of that scripture, I found out that the word that is used in this passage, the word that is used for time, the original Greek word is a, a word kairos. And what kairos is, it means strategic or right times. I didn't read you the scripture. Let me go back to that. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18, in the Living Bible says, pray all, see, pray all the time. Really? Ask God for anything in line with the Holy Spirit's wishes. Please plead with him, reminding him of your needs, and keep praying earnestly for all Christians everywhere. That word, pray all the time, Time means pray at strategic or right times, that point in time when something should be done. How in the world are we gonna know when something should be done except that the Holy Spirit shows us? Do you see how important he is to our prayer lives? We don't know what strategic times are. We don't know what's coming in the future. We don't know what God needs for us to say or to pray, but the Spirit of God who lives in us does. And as we pray in our heavenly prayer language, he's able to reveal to us what the Lord wants to do. I like to say this, that the, apart from the Holy Spirit, there is no possible way that we can know in the future what's supposed to happen apart from him. We, we simply can't. We don't have a clue as the right time to pray for something and when we don't even know what's gonna happen, right? We don't. And an example I wanted to, to give you tonight in my own life, um, and I like to give examples of my children. I think it's an encouragement to young moms that are here, that are home, um, raising their families, raising their children, and the Holy Ghost is gonna teach you right there. He doesn't teach you just here in the sanctuary. He wants to teach you, he's with you all the time. And he wants to teach you about himself and how he wants to manifest in and through you. And I was at home and I was doing something in the house, I can't remember what. And I was praying in tongues. I, would, I do that a lot, just all the time. And I was praying in the spirit and I heard inside, not an audible voice, but inwardly. I heard, go check on Hunter. Hunter's my second oldest son. Go check on Hunter. So then I, of course, try to figure it out, and I think, he's in the playroom, he's on carpet, it's safe, all the electrical outlets are plugged, there's nothing that can fall on him, 
And then I started to get a, uh, something's not right inside. Go check on Hunter. And I still wasn't being obedient. And then I heard the Spirit of God say, go check on Hunter, the phone is about to fall on his head. I thought, the phone? I go running to the back room, jump the little kitty gate, and there's Hunter on his back like a mechanic is under a car, and one of those Fisher-Price easels, he's underneath the thing, and he's going like this, and he's pulling the cord that plugs the phone into the wall, and this phone, back then the phones were plugged into the wall, he was pulling it, and it was ready to come down on his little head. The Holy Spirit wanted to reveal something to me that I did not know. And he was telling me at a strategic time before the phone hit my son's head, amen? And he will do that in our lives personally. He will do that for our church corporately. He is invaluable, and our spirit language is invaluable when it comes to staying tuned in to the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is willing and eager to give us every bit of help that we need in prayer, and he wants to show us things to come, because I've said this already, he wants to show us these things because we need to know what to pray for on this earth, amen? We need to hear from him to know what to pray on this earth, and you can never, ever pray too much in tongues. If anybody has ever told you differently, I remember some dear saint tried to tell me, if I was gonna be praying too much in tongues, I was gonna be like granola. I was gonna be fruity, nutty, and squirrely. I was like, and I believed them because I, I thought, oh, you're, you know the Lord longer than I do. And so the, what does the enemy come to do? He knows where the power is. So if he can shut your mouth and have you believe, what does he do? He lies. If you can believe the lie, if you swallow the lie, you're gonna shut your mouth and you're not gonna release the power of God. We, have, we should be exercising this incredible gift and become more fluent in our heavenly language. Receiving your heavenly language will cause you to advance in your relationship with God. It will cause you to grow exponentially. It will also cause you to become more accurate in, in prayer because as I've said before, praying in the spirit, our heavenly language carries the very essence and nature of God to any and every situation. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.